You're listening to The Truth With Studi on the Stream Grace Network. Hey, good Tuesday evening if you are in North America right now. It's Tuesday evening. It's February 13th. We are just... 55 minutes away from midnight, which at midnight will come our national holiday. It is Valentine's Day. Uh, It is the day of love. And uh, that's what we're talking about tonight. My favorite subject. And I would jump in and talk about some facts, where it come from, who St. Valentine was, how that was a he was a, a, an amazing man of God and all the wonderful things that happened. But uh, just go Googling, check him out. It's a really good story. I want to get into the meat of what we're going to talk about tonight. And, um, and you know, I like to always start these with stories, right? And then I get that uh, cliffhanger and then you can wait till the end to hear the, the rest. So uh, talking about love. So me and my ministry group that I'm a part of, Beautiful Restoration, uh, who we have multiple branches and are headquartered uh, over in Edmond, Oklahoma. If you know anyone that's needing to be restored, uh, you know, reach out to me, let me know, and uh, we'll see how we could help you. But uh, we are doing a love fast all 29 days of February. Yes, we have one extra, it's a leap year, so we have 29 days instead of 28. And all 29 days, we're doing a love fast. What is that? Typically, those things that you would do um, in a negative sense, we are flipping it and we're being positive. And, um, you know, so something, if you're being introvert instead of being introvert, you're going to give and you're going to reach out and you're going to present yourself to people and interact, um, you know, and instead of, you know, yelling at people in traffic, you got somebody cutting you off on the highway, right? You're going to give them grace. You're going to bless them in the name of Jesus instead of uh, telling them they're number one, right? And I know some of you out there, like, I know, I don't, I know you open your Bibles and you read, but you still, I, I know you'll be given that number one and you know which finger you'll be using and you've been having to repent that night or next time you go to church, going to the altar, right? Well, anyway, well, God bless you. No condemnation here, right? Uh, there is no, therefore, no condemnation for those who are in Christ, right? So anyway, our love fast is doing those things that are good. So today, today I had a really good example of uh, or opportunity to do so, and I did. I've never done this before uh, over the last uh four and a half years of doing my job, um, we get um, prospects or p- potential clients that they will call in, they will uh, inquire to open up a payroll account with the company I work for. And so I'm 100% sales commission and I sell payroll services and HCM uh uh, management system, so human resources, those type of things. But I'm not going to bore you with that. Um, so Friday, I got an inquiry. I, um, supposed to be a, a guy, and I'm not going to say his name. Uh, we'll call him John, right? 
And so John wants to get set up with payroll. Well, lots of times we have these companies, we'll have people, we call them boiler rooms. They're literally calling in the basement somewhere in South Africa, Istanbul, it doesn't matter. They're they are call centers that are built to fraud, to have fraudulent activity and rip companies off for money. So he was calling to get payroll set up so that when we upfront the money for the first payroll, they're going to take off with it. And you're talking about, like in this case, about 12 grand. Okay. I kind of see some signs there like, okay, this is fraud. And that was on Friday. Well, I've gone through the process. I've been doing all this work. I, again, mind you, this 100% commission, every minute, every hour that I'm working this, I, I, knowing that it's fraud, I'm not going to get paid a penny. So I'm doing all this work for nothing. I'm not getting a base pay, right? So fast forward to today. I get him on the phone. He has been messing around with getting me the documents that's needed, even though I know these are most likely fraudulent documents. They're forged, they're whatever. And so I get him to provide those and to go through the application. And uh, again, all the signs are pointing to, I know this guy's a fraud. Okay. So we're getting to signing the app and you're not going to believe what, what happened next. Well, tune in to the end of this podcast and you'll find out uh, how I did a love fast on this gentleman. So the name of this, I'm going to title this message, Loving the Hell Out of People. <laughs> it's like, Stuti, you said hell. That's right, because hell exists. And I'm putting it in a proper context, because when we as believers in Christ love people the way we're supposed to, the way Christ showed us and what's in his word and where he's directed us and how the Holy Spirit directs us. And when we allow the Holy Spirit to work and overflow and our lamps are filled with oil and we're operating and walking with God daily in that overflow, then we will love people. We won't walk in religiosity, right? Being religious, uh, being like the Pharisees that Jesus rebuked, right? But we will live as Christ followers in the context of how we're supposed to live, truly loving people, which would love the hell out of them, right? So, Because if you love them and they come to Christ, right, then they're not going to go to the bad place. They're not going to go to the place that God doesn't send them. It's their choice. They choose separation from God. Separation from God, the only place separation from God is hell. And so that's the only reason there is a hell. It was built for the devil and his, and his uh, demons that he had uh, talked into going against God, right? That were angels that fell. So anyway, we're not going to get down that. But again, we're going to love the hell out of people. You know, is love a choice or a feeling or both? Um, is is my love under the power of my will? Is, is there such a thing as Christian love? a love only Christians can have? Uh, can non-Christians really love? You know, what, what are the different types of love and should love be unconditional? Well, let's get into a topic that I covered in June of last year during the Pride Month, right? That it's the let love be love and we defined love so we could get an idea because that, that word love gets thrown around a lot and it is not given the respect that's due 
So there are four types of love. I'm just going to cover three of them tonight. So you've got agape love. Okay, agape love is also known as unconditional love. And the Bible talks about, again, the four types of love. And again, we're going to talk about agape. That's one type. Eros, that's another one. And the third we're going to talk about is filio. Okay, again, agape love is the unconditional love that God has for us, right? And so it's it's divine. It's an unconditional love. No matter what you do, I'm going to love you, right? Uh, you can slap me upside my head. You can steal my car. You can uh, knock me down, take my wallet. But regardless, I'm going to love you. It's agape love, right? It's a divine love. It is a selfless love. And so agape love can be love for our fellow human beings, right? The love we have for God, right? Uh, it's an unconditional love. And it, the first and most well-known type of love in the Bible is agape love. Again, uh, it's a representative of a universal love. Greek philosophers felt that this uh, was the type of love that people you know, feel for uh, one another. Uh, so that kind of covers the agape love, right? And so then you also have eros, E-R-O-S, eros, or otherwise a romantic love, right? So the love of the four kinds of love in the Bible is eros, and this is the passionate and the romantic love that exists between two people. Uh, you know, husband and wife, you know, in, in that context uh, are those that are, you know, dating toward and, and, and uh, going toward, you know, being married, romantically love, you know. And that's, again, we talked about it back in June that, hey, listen, uh, a man for a man, he can have that agape love. He can have filial love, which we're going to talk about that, the filial love. Um, but a man for a man or a woman for a woman, you, you, you don't have, you don't, you're not supposed to have the Eros love. That is a romantic love that's meant for the opposite sex. And if you don't agree with that, then that, I didn't write that. I didn't set those uh, universal laws in nature. That was God. Uh, and if you can show me how any house has been built with two bolts being put together rather than a bolt and a nut, right? Where it screws in the nut. If you can show me any house that's been built with multiple bolts and no nuts, then I, I, I'll, I'll come on your side, right? I'll, I'll, I will side with you, but there is no structure that's built with all bolts. <laughs> you have to have a bolt and a nut, okay? That's how it is. So, all right, we covered that. So then philia love, Okay, this is what's called affectionate love. It's um, it's also known as brotherly love, right? So that's where we get the uh, state of Philadelphia that's in the United States. Philadelphia is the, uh, or Philadelphia, Pennsylvania is the city, right? Philadelphia means the city of brotherly love. So filial love accounts for the type of love that you feel for parents also, right? Siblings. Uh, other family members and close friends. When you read the story of King David in the Bible, uh, before he became king, uh, he sat at Saul's table, the first uh, 
uh, king of Israel was Saul, right? And Saul had a son, Jonathan, and David and Jonathan had a strong filial love for one another. Again, not to be mixed up with arrows. They were not homosexuals. They had a brotherly, friendly love that they were closer than brothers, okay? And so you had that. And again, it's a, another word you could use, uh, friendship, uh, platonic love, okay? Philia is the type of love shared through these friendships. And this love is, it's surprisingly the least natural, believe it or not. Uh, the word describes the type of love found, um, you know, again, with full affection as well as a sense of equality, right? So we've, we've kind of, we've got those three different, categories of love if you will so there you go we've got that laid out so here's the thing folks the word describes the type of love found in first corinthians 13 you want to know the definition of love since i've been a teenager my my source has been the word of god because god says you know the word says that god is love right God is love. And so even if you uh, take the, the Hebrew name for God and you add up the numbers, it, 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 it adds up to the number of love. It's, uh, and I won't get into that tonight, but that's a really cool thing, right? So 1 Corinthians 13, let's start off with verse number one. And I'm actually going to read from the Amplified Edition. I typically don't, but I think this would be a good time to do so. I'm going to start with verse one. If I can speak in the tongues of men and even of angels, but have not love, which is that reasoning, intentional, spiritual devotion, such as an inspired by God's love for and in us, I am only a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Verse two, and if I have prophetic powers, the gift of interpreting the divine will and purpose and understand all the secret truths and mysteries and possess all knowledge, and if I have sufficient faith so I can remove mountains but have not love, God's love in me, I am Nothing. Yes, did you hear that? You can have all the faith, you can have all those things, What? because it says faith pleases God, right? But yet here you could have all that, but if you have love, again, Paul's stating here in his letter to the Corinthians, I am nothing. And in Amplified, it says a useless nobody. Oh my goodness. Imagine that, right? Yeah, you're talking in tongues, you're doing mystery, you're speaking mysteries, you have knowledge, you have faith that can move mountains, but you don't have love. You're a useless nobody. I need you to get that in your head and in your spirit. Your spirit, man, listen to that, folks. That's powerful. And verse three, even if I dole out all that I have to the poor in providing food, and if I surrender my body to be burned or in order that I may glory, listen to this, <laughs> that I may, I may glory but have not love, God's love in me, I gain nothing. So you could, like, you could be a millionaire, give all your millions away, but if you don't have love, again, you're a useless nobody. That's what this word says. 
Verse four, love endures long. Here we go. Here's our definition. Love endures long and is patient and is kind. Love never is envious nor boils over with jealousy, is not boastful or vain, glorious. It does not display itself haughtily. Are you hearing these words, folks? It is not conceited. It's not arrogant. It's not inflated with pride. It's not rude. It's not unmannerly. It does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own ways. For it's not self-seeking. It's not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes no account of the evil done in it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. Are you hearing this word, folks? Is it getting into you? Is, it, is there some correction there that you're feeling? I, now, I don't mean condemnation, no condemnation, but some conviction, some correction. Oh, my goodness. I, I, it is for me, and I've read this, studied this many, many years. It does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. Love bears up under anything, and everything that comes is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances, and it endures everything without weakening. Love never fails, never fades out, or becomes obsolete or comes to an end. As for prophecy, the gift of interpreting the divine will and purpose, it will, it will be fulfilled, and it's going to pass away. As for tongues, they'll be destroyed, and they'll cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. It will lose its value and be superseded by truth. For our knowledge is fragmentary, incomplete, and imperfect, and our prophecy, our teaching, is fragmentary, incomplete, and perfect. But again, this what, what's the scripture saying? All these things can pass away, but love never fails. Love never fails, folks. That's the number one thing. God's called us to love. You know, the two greatest commandments, you can find them in the Old Testament, and then Jesus reiterates them when asked, what are the greatest commandments? To love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your might, with all your soul, with everything in your being. And then the second is like it, to love each other like you love yourself, which means you, you have to love yourself. You can't have self-hate. You can't be hating on yourself because then how are you going to love another? So those are the two greatest commandments. And within those two commandments, all the, the, the commandments of the entire law, the books of the law, the entire Bible, all 66 books, they're all wrapped in them like DNA helix. So that if you follow those two commandments, you don't have to worry about all the thou shalt nots. They'll take care of themselves. <laughs> it's that simple, folks. It really 
is that simple. And uh, and fi- our final verse tonight, I want to do First Peter four eight again. We're going to do the New American Standard Bible, and it says, "Above all, keep fervent in your love for one another, because love covers a multitude of sins." Imagine if we truly practice love, folks, the way we just read it here, the way this lays out. And then you can go search, you can Google search love in the Bible and find all the amazing scriptures and stories and everything that's surrounding love, how uh, David had love for King Saul, even though King Saul wanted to kill him. And David had multiple um, chances and opportunities to assassinate King Saul, knowing he was the next anointed he was the anointed king to succeed Saul he could have easily killed Saul but he respected the anointing on Saul that God had initially anointed him as king and that love God because what what did the Bible say about David he was a man after God's own heart and so he would not lift a finger against his greatest enemy that had pursued him. That's just one instance of many. Of course, the greatest love story of them all is it found in uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four gospels. And that's when, for God so loved the world that he sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to die for the world. It's the John 3.16 that you see in the signs at the ball games. So it's one of the first scriptures that typically you memorize as a kid if you've gone to any type of Sunday school or Bible school. The love of the Father shown by giving his only son and then the son going all the way even to the cross, being beat to the point that Isaiah prophesied you couldn't recognize him as even a human being because of the beating he took and the crown of thorns on his head, and those cat and nine tails that dug and stripped the flesh out of his back, even going into the bone. And he, he was nailed to a cross. And you gotta understand, if you go study crucifixion, I did, I studied it, and I did a, a report in honors history in high school. I did a 10-page report, and the crucifixion was the worst way to die. It's the worst way to to um, for the death penalty to kill someone, the Romans had invented it. It was horrible because they he's nailed to a cross, folks. He's nailed to a cross. He never did one thing against any person in his life. All he did his thirty-three years was walk in love, and his last three years of ministry, he showed the full power of love, and every whip, every slash, every cut every beating of the face pulling out the beard he was thinking of you he was thinking of me he was thinking of all the millions all the billions that are alive today and every human being that's existed in the course of time he did it for us all and he loved us he did it to love the hell out of us he did it with love to cover our sins and You don't need that to go to waste. If you're listening to me today and you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, or say 
you did accept him, but it was long ago, and you haven't been walking that walk. You 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 left him. You turned your back on God. You got mad at God. Maybe you lost a parent. Maybe you lost a child. I can't even imagine. I don't even want to think about it. Whatever the horrible situation that happened to you, maybe you turned your back on God. But guess what? He's never turned his back on you. He's waiting patiently for to welcome you back home. And again, for those people that's never accepted him, this is your chance, folks. Jesus Christ loves you. God loves you with the eternal love that that is beyond anything you could ever imagine. And the, the closer you grow with God in your lifetime, the more of the layers and dimensions of his love that you will unveil, and it will blow your mind every time. Every time you don't think that you think you've got God figured out in his love, how amazing his love is. He's going to show you another side. That's why in Revelations, when John sees the throne, he sees the living creatures going around about the throne, constantly, never ending, saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, because he's always doing new. They're seeing a new side of him constantly because of his amazing love and his amazing grace and the amazing God that he is and he wants to be your Lord he wants to be your Savior so if you want to start a new life if you want to do a reset and a refresh and come back to God please say this after me say Lord God I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God I believe you sent him to die on a cross for me to cover my sins and your word Lord says that if I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that you're Lord and call upon your name I shall be saved I'm doing that right now Lord I accept you not only as my savior but this day forward I name you and I claim you as Lord of my life. Father God, don't let me take another step in my life ever again without you by my side. I welcome you into my heart. Flow in me, Holy Spirit. Now I'm your child. In Jesus' name, and write it down, okay? 30 minutes before Valentine's Day, that's your new birthday, that's your spiritual birthday, that's the day you were born again, you'll want to know that date, it's a, a pretty important date, and then uh, for those that need to really have that extra step, that uh, extra power to really operate in the potential of love that God wants to do through you, so when you accept Christ in, he fills you with his spirit, right? But then there's something where Jesus said, hey, I must go so that the comforter will come. And the disciples had to wait for the comforter. Who's the comforter? It's the Holy Spirit. It's third person in the triune trinity, right, of Elohim that's talked about in Genesis when it says we created men in our image, right? That's that trinity. It's not three separate gods. It's the Trinity of God and the Holy Spirit. That's what happened in Acts chapter 2. And that's when the disciples became, they went from anointed men of God, right? They had been anointed to having the overflow and full baptism of the Holy Spirit 
that gave them the boldness to go out and be martyrs. That gave them the boldness and the understanding the gifts to be able to spread the word and to love the hell out of people. Like what we're talking about. If you would like to receive that special infilling of the overflow and the baptism of the Holy Spirit, then right now it's I'll just pray for you. Father God, every person that's listening to the sound of my voice, those people that are seeking the infilling and the overflow of your spirit, where your word says that from from the inner heart and the belly and the, the, the deepest part of the belly, that there'll be overflow of the springs of living water. Father God, fill them now, just like you did in Acts chapter two and give them a new language let them have that evidence speaking. And, and if you're listening to the sound of my voice, open your mouth, let that tongue loose. Begin to, you can, it may be a stammering tongue. It may just be one syllable, but you're going to feel, you're the, you'll feel the spirit and you will, ha- you will know that you have it, right? And then you can walk in that overflow, which will allow you to walk in the love that God has commanded you to walk in. And it's going to help give you the boldness and witness and do the great commission because now you are overflowing with the abundance of the, the, the living water and the oil of the Holy Spirit. And then guess what? Uh, you can have the faith to move mountains. You can lay hands on the sick. They will recover, right? Uh, you don't have to worry about, you know, d- deadly poison, whatever. God's going to take care of you, okay? And you're like, man, that sounds crazy. And you sound like one of those prosperity gospel guys. Well, guess what? Ah, uh, I'm not going to be apologetic about it. All throughout the Word of God, all it talks about is His people prospering, going all the way back to uh, Father Abraham, the father of our faith. And you have a problem with that, then... I don't know what to tell you because God's children are, uh, we are sons and daughters of the King of Kings that, that owns everything. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. Uh, he, he, he owns it all. And his word says that he stores up uh, the riches of the, well, uh, of the wicked to be laid up for us, his children, the righteous. And I didn't write that. Uh, none of those preachers you see on TV. None of them wrote that. The, uh, God uh, wrote that in his word, and he wants to prosper you. He wants to prosper you in your spirit and in your soul and in your flesh and in your finances and in your family and in every aspect of your life. Praise God. So I know you guys that are waiting till the end of my story. So I've got the fraudster on the line. Uh, again, we'll call his name John, even though he's got uh, he's got a foreign accent from another country. I'm not going to say what, right? But he he getting he couldn't understand what I was saying. I was saying, John, listen, knowing full well this guy is a fraud, he's a thief, he steals money from companies. I'm treating him like I would treat my highest client that I'd give the most utmost respect for because the word of God says do everything as though you're doing it unto God so 
And so, John, before I let you go, we've got all the, the, the applications signed. We got your documents. We're going to get this underway. But first, I always pray for my clients. I want to pray for you personally and pray for your business to bless it. And, and he couldn't understand what I was saying. He's like, you want to do what to my business? <laughs> and I said, I'm going to bless you. Let me say a prayer. I'm a minister of the, word, uh, the gospel. And, and he just starts laughing. He was just like, Wow, and I'm sure he's on the other end thinking, and maybe he's got some guys next to him listening in, going, "This guy is an idiot." We're we're gonna we're trying to take him for twelve grand, and he's wanting to pray for me. But you know, that's not what it didn't matter. I was operating under the unction of the Holy Spirit to act out in love, even over this enemy, this this thief, right? Which I can't stand a thief. Uh, but I'm praying for him in authentic, genuine love. And I said the most amazing prayer over him, blessing him. I said, oh God, you bless John in the name of Jesus. Lord, let him prosper. Let his business prosper. He's got a farm, Father God. Lord, let him, let him have the most abundant crops to feed the people and, and give him the best employees so he has good employees that will do good work. And I just spoke all these blessings on them because what does the word say? Bless those that curse you. Bless your enemies, right? Uh, do good to those that do you harm and you will reap coals on them, right? But at the same time, I know God's going to give me back seven times because Proverbs says I get returned sevenfold. But anyway, end of story. John was kind of silenced. Uh, he quit laughing. Uh, so I don't know what's going on the other side, but guess what? I'm going to pray, and other people are in agreement with me, that, that John's going to come into the kingdom, and he's going to repent of those ways. And, and, and because I loved my enemy, and because I gave him that agape love, unctioned by the Holy Spirit, I didn't sit there and go, man, he wasted three days of my time. I could be getting other deals and making money, but he's wasting. I didn't do all that. I didn't complain. I said, glory to God, I'm going to work with what's in front of me in the name of Jesus. And the enemy's going to pay me back sevenfold. But this man, it may change his life. And I gave him to God. And you can do that in any situation you're in. Forgive. Don't hold bitterness in your heart. It will kill you. It will kill you spiritually. It'll kill your soul. And it can manifest in the cancer and bone disease and everything else. And that's all throughout Scripture. I can give you Scripture after Scripture about that. So get rid of that bitterness. Let the love flow through you. And may your heart be turned 100% to flesh. Well, folks, it's been such an amazing time to spend with you on this Valentine's Eve. Make your Valentine special. Uh, don't just love the ones that you that are near and dear to you. When you're out and about, be considered acting kindness and show that love. And why? Because that's right. Studi delivered it. I told you the truth, the whole truth, and nothing. But the truth, until next time, next Tuesday, tune in live. I'm out. You have a blessed, blessed week in 
Jesus' name.